I love Carlin, man. Yeah, he's a you good ask guy. Him like three questions and he does all the work. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to start. Welcome everyone, you're listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. I'm your host, Pizza Lariz. I am joined virtually by my co-host, Terry Tam. Terry's joining us virtually, but I am not virtual. I am a real boy. I wish I was in the studio, man, because it's like I'm getting kind of bored of this, you know? Like, I'm still going to decorate, like, my fantastic wall over here. But uh, <laughs> you don't believe me. You shouldn't believe me. No. <laughs> and if you believe me, I would lose respect for you. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, so I'm still going to decorate, but I uh, I wish I was in the studio. I really do. Honestly, I will say, Terry, uh, being here today, um, it's it's it feels nice. Like, without getting too... Cause we've talked about nonstop about lockdowns and pandemic, and I don't want to do that today. Um, but it's so cool just to spread out, have my workstation, be on a real microphone, see Eagle's face when he's mad at me. Um, this is... This is amazing. However, um, Eagle Eagle's anger is uh, the second angriest that I have to deal with today. Um, we are insanely busy, as it turns out. Um, and we keep planning stuff and booking stuff on top of other stuff. And I don't think this these two things are the same. I think that forgetting what date a day of the week is, is different from forgetting your anniversary. I agree 100%. <laughs> I know you do. Um, I also blame you, Eagle because Eagle did didn't you put it on my calendar. Did you forget your the date today? I uh, So we'll, we have a, a, an amazing interview coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking to Carlin Gay. Um, Carlin if, joins us from NBA.com. We're going to talk about uh, some stuff relating to the finals, but also some, some NBA topics we haven't had a chance to get into with him before. Um, and I booked Carlin because we love having him on. He's one of our best show friends, right? Um, and I booked him for Tuesday. And so we're going to record for this Tuesday. 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 Yeah. J- just, just Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. What day is Tuesday? Tuesday, July 6th. Well, this year it's Tuesday. And July- what is July 6th? July 6th is my anniversary. <laughs> um, my two-year anniversary with my amazing, beautiful wife who um, is a and so, like, I late last night, I couldn't sleep. I was like posting photos from our wedding album, like two years, you know, whatever. And my wife sees them at six o'clock this morning when she wakes up. She wakes me up and she's like, "Oh, you can remember to post shit, but you can't remember when our anniversary is." Um, but I posted them because I remembered it was the anniversary. Yeah, yeah, but but this was after I was already in shit for forgetting uh, today. So we're gonna be celebrating tomorrow. Um, and it doesn't matter when you celebrate it, as long as you celebrate it. Correct, correct. Um, but yeah, that was. That was what happened. Um, I blame Eagle. I blame Eagle. Uh, in the meantime, I have actually gone and looked up other uh, items, essentially, that have happened in terms of anniversaries. So last year is a little bit of a miss. There's nothing super exciting that happened other than a lot of the COVID shit. Um, yeah. 
But like an interesting one is Patrick Mahomes got the largest contract ever at that mm-hmm. point in time mm-hmm. on July 6th. Uh, what else was there? Uh, Kim and Kanye, there was a whole bipolar disorder tweet that happened in July last year. Yes, yes, yeah. that's but true. Nothing like super exciting, let's say. So I went with our one-year anniversary of Alex the intern working with us. It's somewhere oh. in that range, somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's also uh, one year of narrowly avoiding getting fired every single day. So congratulations, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. It's, it's, it's true. Uh, Alex is, is very close. Is is close to being fired probably on a weekly basis. It's it's a three hour time difference that saves his job, because I get so mad and then by the time he wakes up, it's like ah it's, it's fine. Don't well, to his Alex. credit, he's <laughs> always awake at like eleven p.m. eleven a.m. our time, so he's always awake at eight to post up. So yeah, I got I got nothing against the guy. But you know, like the, the three and four o'clock hours where I'm still awake <laughs> working, <laughs> and I'm angry. <laughs> Two years, peace. That's yours. Yeah. You get the two-year anniversary, so congrats on that. Thank you. It's appreciated. At the five-year mark, we have Pokemon Go that launched oh, July yeah. 2016 to millions of players, crashed their servers, caused accidents galore, and people crossing the street and the whole stuff. So that's the one. cars, i.e. Eagle. Yeah, that's the one. Did you see the Stampede when it came out in uh, in uh, Central Park? There's a Vaporeon, yeah. and there were literally thousands of people running across the street, like boulevards, to try and get there to catch this fucking Pokemon. That's unbelievable. Meanwhile, my my wife, uh, at the time we were, you know, just dating. She uh, downloaded the Pokemon Go app, and she's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be cool. It's a, an app. It's a game. It gets me to walk around." And then uh, she grabs her phone, looks at it, and like, "Ooh!" And then puts it down. And I said, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Well, there's one across the street." She's like, "I was like, well, are you gonna go get it?" And she's like, "Well, no, I'm just gonna delete the app. I, I don't feel like going." across the street so <laughs> so she wasn't she was a very normal human being at that yeah <laughs> she realized about 30 seconds in what am i doing like what do you have to she's like i have to literally get out of my house to go play this game there's no point of playing this game what's anymore. the point of a video game if you need to leave your house it what's the point of a video game if you're exercising like we go fuck yourself also you know uh what's it called the ones with the helmet vr no no listen no i want to go home throw myself on the couch be half passed out and wake up to seeing myself being slaughtered by a bunch of uh, bunch of enemies. The only virtual reality I want is porn. Yeah, obviously it's only for porn. That's why I yeah. have mine. If yeah. we go back ten years, it's the last Harry Potter movie, so Deathly Harrow's Part Two that comes out. So that's 2011 July. We go back 15 years, 2016, the anniversary of Zinedine Zidane headbutting Marco Materazzi for yeah. threatening ah. to bang his sister at the end of the game. Oh, that's he what it was. Yes. Winning that game. Yeah. Uh, in 20 years so ago. Trophies. Sorry. Go ahead. No, please. No, go ahead. 20 years ago, premiere of The Office. The wow. UK version, wow. though. Jeez, that's even longer. We go back 25 years. The Winnipeg Jets get relocated to Arizona to become the Phoenix Coyotes. And then later on, now the Arizona Coyotes. And then Atlanta yes. gets moved to Winnipeg. It's a very menage a trois scenario. Yeah. Yes. And if we go back... 50 years, July 1971, MLB Commissioner Bowie Kuhn announces that Negro League players elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame are going to be given full membership to the museum. That's 50 years ago to this day. So, look, my, th- my point, and look, Eagle, this is, this is the greatest work ever, right? Because I thought I was going to be in hot water all week. This is going to be terrible. But what I've learned is so many important things happened in July I can't be held accountable for getting one small event by comparison. It's 
it's too many when especially july there's way too many things to remember like you said peace and i can't be responsible for remembering something that happened two years ago i'm sorry yeah, no matter how exactly. big the event exactly yeah. how That's can it. you stop living in the past like, yeah like why are you living in the past i'm all about the now and my headphones just got disconnected i'm um, all about the now we are we are absolutely about the now and that's a perfect segue because it is time for the news Ah, Terry is the news. Is it though? It is absolutely. All right. Um, the, the the first thing I wanted to bring up is something that happened. I don't know how. Well, first of all, let's go. We're gonna be talking the NBA. Uh, the Suns versus Bucks. I call this the Hot Sauce Sports Final for two reasons. One, Terry, you're an adopted Giannis fan because you know you you guys share a lineage, as we discussed, uh, several generations back. There's a ancestor in common that gave him all of the height um the uh and so like you know, no the thing is have, the thing is we have zero ancestors in common <laughs> but of course because he's uh greek your family originally from greece obviously yes. that's why you have that kinship um yes. i've been pro sons when i saw it from the bubble i was like oh this team took a giant step during the you know during the lockdown and then I remember uh, Chris Paul signing there, and I and I said, "Well, that's a great signing," and of course uh, was questioned by members of our team. And I said, "No, no, no, I'm telling you, they're a piece away." I don't know if Chris Paul is the piece, but for Chris Paul, this is a very, very good signing, and he's going to help that team. And he did. I like that. Like, I mean, there's all the memes that are coming out now. It's like that he didn't sign with a super team; he signed with a young team and helped him get there. It's, I love it's a super team, though. It's it's, I mean, it's it's on the board. It's it's gonna be one, right? Like, yeah. Like, do we think Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are not amazing players? Or oh, definitely, definitely. But are they Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James esque? Devon Booker maybe. Ayton will probably be a very good secondary player. Yeah, which is fine because. But that's the thing is they added right. a superstar too. To me, like Devin Booker already reminded me a lot of Dwayne Wade with with slightly better range. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the style of play, you know, a guy who can come off a pick and roll and hit a shot from the top of the key whenever he wants it. Whenever he wants it, that shot's there for him. The only thing, the only thing with the Suns, and I worry, is that like in any NBA team, any NBA uh, uh, successful team, is that eventually they're all going to get paid too much, and eventually they're all going to want to go be the number one guy on the team. So a guy like Devin Booker is going to be the number one guy for a long time. Chris Paul will eventually retire. Uh, and Aiton will probably be like, you know what? I'm going to get a max in Portland, and I'm going to go play over there. Example. Well, and that's the part they, about the NBA that bothers me. The, the money's going up. So the uh, over the next, I think, five years, the money, the TV money is going to uh, be triple the amount that they're making now. And as per the rules, you can already have three max uh, max slots per, per team. So if if Devin Booger gets a super max, you can probably pay Aiton max and somebody else max, and you still have a monster team, you know what I mean? So um, yeah. I think they're in a good spot. They're they're a low-key, well-run organization. It's just that they don't have the, the championships to back it, but they're a team people have liked playing for in the past. They're a team players have stuck around in the past, and uh, they're a team that's always looked to get to get better. They're never a team that's been satisfied with being at the bottom, and we've seen that. We saw during the Amari Stoudemire years, 
they had like a little peak you know, with with uh, with Nash early on, yeah. going out to get Shaq and, and revitalizing his career. So they're always they're always doing things to make the team better. And so I'm happy to see the Suns back in the finals after almost 30 years. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped. And you know, it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, Giannis is injured, but yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch the Bucks and the Suns. It's not just the same teams over and over again. And we've actually been. I, I've always ripped on the NBA how there's no parity and all that stuff. But we've actually seen a lot of different teams in the last three or four years in the NBA Finals, like watching the Heat versus the Lakers, watching the uh, the Raptors versus the Warriors. Like we we've seen we've seen different teams get in there and. And now I love the fact that it's two teams that we kind of like, well, I mean, the Bucks we could have said that they were going to make the finals, but they're not the Nets. They're not the Sixers. They're not the Lakers. They're not the Clippers. They're not like the premier team with the highest paid players, well, which the, I like. The, like if, if the Nets, I think if the Nets were healthy, they were going to be the clear, like, I don't think they could, could have been stopped if all three I agree. were healthy. Um, but I will say like, like to you and I, Terry, I agree. Like to, to avid sports fans, you know, this is super interesting, but the, the TV ratings will show that people like dynasties, people like big names, and it's they're going to come out with us. See, nobody watches the NBA. It's just because the big names aren't there. You're not catching the casual fans. That's, that's what happens because and it's sad. the best parody, right? But they have the lowest ratings partly for that reason. Well, they have the lowest ratings, not necessarily because of the parody. It's just because it's just an expensive sport to play, and when it's too when it's too much of it, when it's too inexpensive sport, you don't get as much. Like it takes longer to develop a fan base. Like now, the NHL is reaching. They're they're signing TikTokers to to <laughs> to relate to NHL to to relate to the the young crowds and stuff. As they're trying, and you know, kudos to them, pat pat on the back, all that shit. But you know, it kind of takes away from the game. But my point was is that in the NBA, we're looking at we look at. Like who's in the final now? And like let's say we didn't expect them to be in the final, but realistically, is that if those guys don't go down, we would have had the same teams in the final every year, like you said. So um, I like what it is now, and I like those opportunistic. But the only that the that these teams are opportunistic and they're going to take advantage. And Devin Booker is going to become a worldwide star. You know what's a little sad to me is that even in Greece, they're probably not going to watch the finals. That's like as good, like as big of as big as the star Yanni is, he's not going to. He, I don't think he's bringing. A hundred thousand people to watch the NBA Finals in Greece. I mean, but like in Europe, we see the numbers are improving, so we'll see if it has that impact specifically in Greece. But for now, um, you know, the the faces of the NBA Finals are changing in terms of the players, but we're seeing a, a new face uh, on the sideline as Rachel Nichols has been removed from the NBA Finals. Um, it's it's somewhat of a complicated uh, story. Um, Maria Taylor um, has been sort of pegged as the next one up, and she's was, great, by the way. She is great, um, and and the thing super is, super tall. She really is, actually. I didn't oh. know that until I was doing some research and saw actual pictures of her next to like men who I know to be tall. I think and she's I like, like six eight or something. Yeah, she's she's up there. She's up there. But so um, we're gonna we're gonna listen to Rachel Nichols' uh, story, uh, Rachel Nichols' voice. Uh, and we're going to react to that in a second. But one thing I will say on the front end is a lot of this has become about Rachel Nichols versus Maria Taylor. And I don't think that's what this is at all. But let's start with uh, Rachel Nichols and what she had to say about the situation surrounding uh, Maria Taylor and the NBA. Hey, instead of posting the NBA Finals, what did you do? There's a reporter job for the NBA Finals. Because guess what that was clearly away for? Uh, for Maria to do the hosting for. Yeah. So, I had declined 
I don't know what their next move is, but they are feeling pressure because of all of that. And um, I'm trying to figure out, like, how to just, you know, my thing is, like, I, you know, I wish Marie Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your, like, crappy long-time record on diversity, which, by the way, I myself, like, know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just, you know, find it somewhere else. Like, you're not going to find it with me and taking my thing away. Just a disgruntled employee, I guess. But the thing is, is that it's not as if Maria Taylor isn't worthy of the position. Rachel Nichols has been there for as long as I've been watching football. I mean, she's great at it. She does the job really well. She's fantastic. Um, And Maria Taylor is just the new blood. And I don't think that, I mean, even if it does have something to do with more diversity, which, you know, we've seen across the board. We've seen it in commercials. We've seen it everywhere. Yeah, it's okay. Like, like, the thing is, is that, you know, they always. I, I've often heard this: is that whenever we see a new, uh, new white face, a specifically male white face, on on in sports media, we never say, or it's never, it's very rarely said. I, I, I keep saying we. I know I'm not referring to us specifically, Terry, but because we know the grind that it takes to get into that industry. But we we'll often hear uh, people say, "Oh, but what what makes them qualified? Why are they there? What you know, you know, who, why you know, why are they taking this job?" But that never happens for the white male face. It, it only tends to happen for, for minorities and, and, and for women. For women to work in this industry, they need to be so remarkably good. So this is the case for, for Rachel Nichols. This is the case for, uh, for Maria Taylor. And what I heard when I heard that is someone who's um, at work and sees sort of like, hey, I'm, I'm experienced. I should have this. I should have that. And they see someone coming for them. There's an obvious level of insecurity that would affect anybody. Now, what gets tied into this, of course, is the fact that they're two women. What gets tied to this is the fact that one's black, one's white. But here's another thing. Here's one thing that's not being discussed anywhere that I've seen, Terry. Why is why are we still looking at this where only one woman can work in NBA Finals? And it can only be, uh, you know, uh, why can't we have a more diverse cast in that way? Why, why, if we know these two people are amazing at their jobs, why, it's not Highlander. There can be more than one, right? And it's so, like it, it's like I feel like we, we talk, let's talk about hockey. I mean, we, talk, we if you're looking at the Sportsnet broadcast, there's Ron McLean, Dumbo, can't stand him. Fuck him. I, I, I agree with that one. Yeah, I know. That, oh I, know look, I, I, I hate to talk God. highly about media members because it's tough work, like we said. But yeah, he sucks. What a loser. Anyway, and then you have uh, Cassie Campbell down the middle, and you have Kevin Bieksa. Kevin Bieksa, you know, Bieksa's he's fantastic. Like, by the way, he's the best thing they ever did unbelievable how good he is you know what i love about kevin bieksa before i get to Cass campbell is that he 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 let he rips on when he's showing a highlight of somebody he'll rip on the guy who made a mistake like he'll be like and this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing over here or whatever like he'll do that like he's he's that type of guy he's a pure hockey guy which i love and cassie my Campbell's favorite friend, was i think game one or two when he's doing the habs coverage and they flew him down there and he got yeah. such a fucking sunburn and they're just they're just ripping on him right like yeah, oh man yeah, yeah. he looked terrible he's like guys I'm not even going to try and like, have a good comeback here. I look like a lobster. Like, he just straight up owned it, you know? Like, yep, yep, fucked up. I forgot this the joke that he is. made about – I forgot the joke that he made about Elliot yesterday, but Elliot, if you remember, it was classic. There's another great journalist, unbelievable insider, but I just can't stand his face. Anyway, cool, yeah, oh, my God. And Cassie Campbell, she's great, and she does the job really well. But, like, it's not like – if I criticize her, it shouldn't 
be i'm not criticizing her because she's a woman obviously there's something she says that i'm going to disagree with but there's something if they put freaking cory perry on there and i disagree with him i'm going to rip on him i don't like ron mcclain it shouldn't be if i'm hating on somebody if i don't like what the person says that i'm automatically uh uh hating on them because they're a minority in that field it should be because i just don't think they're doing the job properly the way i'd like to i'd like them for them to do it now when it comes to maria taylor is that she hasn't really done anything wrong at this point she's deserving of these opportunities there's like and Rachel Nichols is just like it's it's like it's like she's Cap Rooney and this is Willie Beeman honestly nice. and, and, but that's nice. realistically like Rachel Rachel Nichols is isn't bad she's great at her job Cap Rooney was a great quarterback Willie yeah. Beeman was the new guy that came in kind of coming out of left field on fast forward and that's what Maria Taylor is too she's everywhere Maria Taylor and to Rachel Nichols yeah. point is that yeah they're giving her basketball football everything because she's fucking good at her job and are they are they pushing a little more of a diversity? Absolutely, because when it comes to a point where in 2021, when you, you don't see color in a sport where there's a lot of color, then it gets to a point where you're like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah, so, so a couple of things. One, one is that, like, I think, you know, the, the, the haters of ESPN uh, will often look to situations like this and think there's, like, a great big plan. When in reality, what I see at ESPN is, a bunch of executives constantly panicking and not knowing how to handle situations. And yeah. I'll give you an example in this situation about how this to me is about poor management from the, 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 the media giant. Like the, they knew about this, by the way, for over a year. And then three days ago, it gets leaked to the New York Post, a, a um, substandard uh, print journal, right? Like we get, New York Post <laughs> yeah. have a bad reputation for, and within, within reason, they tend to it's go a tabloid. To it's it's exactly it's a glorified tablet, right? Um, and they go they basically put an article saying that Maria Taylor is looking for more money than Stephen A. Smith, without of course getting any quotes from Maria Taylor. So that's information, by the way. The contract talks can only be leaked by ESPN. And so like, is it so they knew this story is coming out from the New York Post. They've had a year to solve this, and the only thing they can do is throw their own employee under the bus for trying to make them look greedy. It just this whole situation to me smacks of just horrible, horrible management. And I'm not someone who hates on ESPN. I'm someone who, who respects the brand and who thinks they've done great things. But man, it's hard to defend this. It's hard. Oh, to no, I, I hate on ESPN for a long time. Well, you hate on ESPN because they leak the information. Yeah, because I, th I think uh, there's a more professional way to handle this information. And so, you had a year to resolve this. So I'm I, have, I have a question I'm hating for you guys, though. If you, had, if you had a choice to take away all of the TV rights and all the coverage that ESPN has and transfer it to another network. Hot you would do sports. it in a heartbeat. Hot media, media, right? like, you would prefer for ESPN to not exist but keep all the people working in the industry on I, other I don't, stations. I don't hate ESPN. I just I hate that it's become a cartel. I like I liked it better when there was actual competition for talent and actual competition for rights. Uh, but ESPN's just become a giant, right? And, and it is that that's but never going to change. I disagree with ESPN for a lot of things, and we actually saw it this weekend. They, this week, they announced uh, like Ariel Hawani left. Right, Ariel Hawani is going to BT Sport. He's yeah. doing his own thing, his own YouTube channel. Back, good for Ariel Hawani because he he legitimized ESPN and the MMA community. And and now, this is this is the dumbest thing. This is the dumbest thing that ESPN, the, the UFC, have done collectively. Okay, collectively, the dumbest thing they have done is they're putting Stephen A. Smith on the fucking. Uh, the call, the, the 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 panel, not the panel, like, like the in-fight call booth with Joe Rogan, John Anik, and Daniel Cormier during the fights. 
Stephen A. Smith is going to be there. I'm going to have to listen to Stephen A. Smith when I'm watching Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier this weekend. Can I fucking shoot myself in the face right now? I, I, it's I, bad I, enough I have to hear Joe Rogan not be up to date with grappling moves. It's bad enough to have to hear Daniel Cormier just making jokes about fried chicken. It's bad enough I don't want to hear Stephen A. Smith yelling on the top of his fucking lungs not knowing what the fuck he's talking about. And that's the problem with ESPN. That's the problem. They force the, the their biggest, guys on down our throats. Well, the thing is with, with, with Stephen A., I've always said, like, I actually feel bad for him because the guy's overworked. They put him on everything. I understand, like, he's your highest paid employee, so you, you want him to earn it. They're trying to get their dollar back. But, man, like, you're not putting him in a, in a position to succeed. Like, you're there's nobody who can cover everything, right? Like, I don't care how big your research team is. Um, and, again, this is the same entity that wanted Charles Barkley to do Monday Night Football. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, the thing is, is that I understand – you 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 want to pay these people a lot of money. You're paying them a lot of money, um, but you know, in one breath, you, you can't do this in one breath. Um, you know, cut what was it? Cut Kenny Main. Try to cut Kenny Main's salary sixty one percent, right? Then, that was the number. That was it. They're trying to but, but again, like I, I know that the world has changed and streaming and all that, but like he's not going to accept that that contract, no. right? And then at the same, but then at the Nor same time. He. But at the same time, then you're taking Stephen A. Smith and putting him everywhere instead of just hiring the people and using the using the talent appropriately. You know what I mean? So the only um, person that should take, should that should 100% take a pay cut in anything is Alex the intern. If yeah, I tell him, listen, Alex, you're only getting paid 50 bucks this week, then he just yeah, has to say. Just take that one. Just take wait, wait, yeah. wait, I didn't agree to pay this guy. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing that I I found interesting about the situation, Terry, and we'll, we'll move on right after this, um, is. I think, and especially in a, in a media atmosphere, privacy in the workplace is important. This was a conversation that was had off air, right? And I'm not, I'm not defending what she said per se, because obviously, and the way she framed it was the worst possible way, even though I don't think she meant it in the way it's being weaponized. I think that it's just in a moment of, of insecurity. And she even says, she's, she's talking about ESPN's poor track record on, on diversity, and she was referring to it from her perspective as a woman. She wasn't referring yeah. to it from a perspective of race. But, of course, it's gotten weaponized so by both sides of the argument. But to me, the, the fact – you and I have conversations off air before the show starts, and so with Eagle. And, like, you know, you wouldn't take kindly if Eagle posted something. You said even if it was – Or, harmless. like, screenshots from our chat groups and or, everything. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like... And it, it, you know, we're not saying anything defamatory, but without the context, without knowing the full situation – Anything could be could be misconstrued, and I think Absolutely. I think that was really poor form again by a company as successful and as big as ESPN. I, I to me it's nonsense. I don't even understand how it gets this. So Terry, I had an article uh, that came out this week on HotSauceSports.ca. Um, for those who haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it because I'm fairly talented. Um, the thing is, I, I wrote. You about, are an excellent writer. The one once a month that you write, you're great. Hey, I've been good. I've been good. I've been having, <laughs> having been. it at least two a week, and I'm gonna have more coming. Yes, um, yes. after my anniversary, because <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't work tomorrow. Um, so I wrote about the Trevor Bauer uh, assault allegations. And to be, I actually have information about this and it's talked about in the article, but we'll go over it quickly um, on the show for those who consume our content uh, via the podcast. So I actually did some reporting on this and got information from a source inside of baseball who was asked for me not to use their name. So I won't. Um, but it's information that's related to how the MLB sees the allegations. 
And so when when the when Trevor Bauer came out with the the screenshots that that showed how you know the sexual assault allegations or the assault allegations um, may have been something that was consensual because of you know things that were previously agreed upon um, in the in the, the the DM conversation, um, the woman has then has since come out filed a a restraining order. I read it's a I have I think it's some eighty pages. Um, I read the bulk of it. So I, I read the, there was an addendum to it. So I read the first 67 pages. That was the initial one. And I read the term, I read what was in it, why, uh, it was claimed that she, um, why it was that, that, that she filed the report. And one of the things that was brought to my attention by the, the insider, uh, at MLB was that they still see this regardless of what the text says this is still seen as something as non-consensual because consent needs to be um needs to be agreed in the upon moment in the moment yeah. not in advance right because everyone has the, the right to uh not consent at the moment um and one of the things specifically that bothered mlb was the part in the document where she uh talked about uh waking up to find herself being penetrated anally uh, something that she had not consented to, and he was essentially having sex with her while she was unconscious. Oh, um, that's the part of this that because you cannot consent. I'm saying this, of course, as Bill Cosby gets uh, released from prison, but you cannot consent while you're unconscious, right? Like that's 101 in this situation. It's we've liked Trevor Bauer as a personality. We've obviously loved the talent of Trevor Bauer, but. Dude, I'm telling you, reading the documents and, and going through this with, with the person I was speaking to, it feels really icky. It feels kind of rough. It's it's not a good look at all for – I mean, the MLB, I mean, I guess they're handling this well. You know what I mean? For the most part, as long as they do their their, their investigations and if they don't swipe it under the rug. Like, well, do you guys know the Chicago Blackhawks story? Did we speak about this? Uh, which one? So the, about uh, assault allegations against the former coach. We actually haven't talked about it on the show. Okay, so this, this, is, a good, yeah, this is a good tie-in. They'll feel free. Yeah, right? exactly. So the NHL, and this is another reason why Ron McLean's a fucking loser. Okay, is that so? The NHL, what the NHL is not really at fault here because they had no idea, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, but Chicago Blackhawks, they had a, a a scout, a video guy, a coach that would. Um, offer blowjobs or whatever the case may be he would sexually assault players and at, to ask them for blowjobs or whatever whatever or it was ck on them sometimes too yeah exactly and he would and the team knew about this they let him go he applied to be doing the same job as a coach or whatever it is at high schools and the chicago blackhawks wrote a letter of recommendation to those schools on this guy's behalf knowing how he was and then what happened this guy did the same thing some of these kids in high school and now Chicago Blackhawks are in like this lawsuit and then Ron McClain gets Commissioner Gary Bettman on the panel last night for the game and he doesn't ask him any of those questions so now when I look at the MLB MLB's coming they're they're at the forefront here we can say anything we want about Manfred but he's actually you know he's doing a decent job at this is making sure that it's out there and we're you know we're doing all the our due diligence and all that shit you have to protect yourself in these situations and the NHL has done none of that and that's where the NHL's fault is as at fault, and they're they're complicit to a certain extent if they don't come out and penalize the Chicago Blackhawks for, to, to, for anything. Now, when it comes to the MLB, the MLB is is doing the right thing, and they're doing the I can't say anything about them, but they really have to penalize whoever knew about this 
that was within the organization. They have to. They have to. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, and and what I've heard also is um, essentially this part. Um, the insider wasn't very clear because they don't know the exact machinations within the contract, but they're pretty sure that a if charges get pressed by the district attorney, um, there is a chance that they can void his salary, um, and b they're pretty sure that um, Bowers played his last game for the Dodgers and may have played his last game in Major League Baseball. Like that's, that's crazy. The level of this, the, because of the details in uh, in that um, in that restraining order, uh, Major League Baseball is very uncomfortable with uh, the situation they've been put in by Trevor Bauer. You know what else is crazy? That we have insiders now. <laughs> I know, right? It's so weird. And it's legit so weird. ones on top of that. Like, yeah, and, well, just, and when we're not just to... Mokan anymore. Mokan was our insider. <laughs> before. Now, and one we're going to talk to today is actually someone who works within the NBA. When we talk to Carlin Gay, but before we get to that. Uh, I did want to touch on something really quickly. Um, uh, there was a death uh, backup goaltender, Matisse Kevlinix, um, He of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He passes away on, uh, I believe it was the 4th of July, uh, which, which passed yesterday. And, and here's someone who um, can better pronounce his name uh, discussing the situation before we get to it. Now to the fireworks accident that killed a professional hockey player. This morning, the Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender being remembered by his teammates, the league, and fans. Overnight, the NHL starting Game 4 of the Stanley Cup with a moment of silence for goalie Matisse Kivlenix. We extend our deepest sympathies to his family, friends, and teammates. NHL goalie Matisse Kivlinix killed by fireworks, according to authorities, after a 4th of July celebration turned deadly. He made some highlight reel saves on some star players. And Kivlinix, a goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets who made his debut in 2020. Police say the 24-year-old was at a private gathering Sunday night when a mortar-style firework tilted downward and shot towards a group of people in a hot tub. There was some type of a fireworks malfunction which caused um, two mortars to be shot in his general direction. Authorities say Keith Lennox tried to clear away from the area but was struck by the firework in the chest and later died. A native of Latvia, Keith Lennox signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets as a free agent in 2017. Keith Lennox, his first National Hockey League victory. The goaltender seen here thanking his teammates. Honestly, couldn't be, couldn't done this without you guys, so thank you. His former Blue Jackets teammate and captain Nick Folino remembering the goalie as a great person. That, that smile is the first thing I thought of. It just every day, I'm just so, so happy to be in the NHL, living out his dream. And according to multiple reports, the accident happened while Keith Lennox was at the home of a Blue Jackets coach. Fuck. Yeah, it's rough. It's, uh, it's hard to see. Uh, hard to hear about. Um, obviously, you know, our hearts go out to him, his family, and and, and players uh, that knew him. It's it's always tragic when these things happen, and definitely when it happens in, in this kind of uh, situation. I know myself, Terry. I've been to parties where, like, friends have fireworks and stuff, and, like, never wanting to admit that they low-key kind of terrify me. I always make an excuse, like, oh, I'm going to go get some drinks. Who wants beers? You know, like, I always, I always make an excuse to sort of, like, be more in the background because this terrifies me. Remember the situation with you know Jason Pierre-Paul a couple of years ago, and we just see these incidents happen too often. And look, you know, most times there's never an incident. It just it just really sucks that um, you know this this happened and this happened to someone. And uh, and Janny Satino, who we had on a few uh, probably a couple months ago, uh, that works for Hot Streak, our our sponsor. He uh, he put on Twitter. He's like, 
He's like, I never understood fireworks. It's the, the lowest, uh, it's the lowest, highest risk with the least reward. And he's right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's fun to see a firework. It's great. But how quickly do you forget about it? And you're having fun while you're doing it. But there's so much danger when it comes to it. I remember seeing a video of a guy holding a firework in his hand and it went off and it blew his entire hand off. And it's, and you see like the ligaments coming off. It was disgusting. And it just, I, I'm not a fireworks guy. Like I've, I've lit fireworks before when I was younger and I'm not a fireworks guy. Like it's just, it's not something that I like. And there's, I hear too many horror stories like Jason Pierre Paul and now with Kiv, with Kiv Lennox. So, I mean, wishing all the best is, for his though? family. It's, it's the inner pyromaniac in you that enjoys it. Like, you know, like, you ever have those, like, little candles that they light on, like, the tables for dinners and everything? Especially as a kid, you, like, dip your hand in it and the wax would kind of, like, melt over your finger and you would kind of melt it. A little bit, yeah. Light a match, yeah. have it burn, try and, like, chain a match into another one, the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah. this is fun. It's that, but for grown-ups that but, still much. don't understand the danger of playing with fire. Literally. But listen, if you, if you want to get it out, just light a cigar, light a joint, you know, playing with fire, you know, and... Uh, that's as close as uh, you need to get, really. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to tell people how to enjoy their time and enjoy their time. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, though, Terry. Like, i never seen really the appeal. Um, and, you know, again, freely admit, I'm freaked out about it. <laughs> I'm freaked out by fireworks. I uh, just heard about too many uh, incidents. Uh, and this is, again, yet one more case of them. We're going to get to Carlin Gay in a second of NBA.com. But, Terry, before we get to him, tell us, uh, who's responsible for bringing him along in terms of who is sponsoring this show? So Carlin Gay is a basketball guy, and we have ourselves a basketball sponsor, and that basketball sponsor tells us that uh, we can make millions in minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so all you got to do is go to Hot Streak Fantasy, use the uh, – P- uh, there you go. So hot streak, use Hot Streak Fantasy and uh, use the promo code Hot Sauce, and they'll match your initial deposit with a bonus uh, with the same amount. You put fifty bucks in, you'll get fifty bucks. And uh, honestly, it's the best app. They're moving into the MLB now, which is great. I spoke to Johnny today. He said within the next couple of weeks, it's going to be available in Canada. Uh, yeah, which is perfect because we probably have another two weeks of basketball uh, to enjoy the uh, to enjoy the app. Uh, go out there, use Hot Sauce promo code. Please use that. Uh, show your support for us, and they uh, they'll match your they'll match your initial de- deposit with a bonus. It's honestly it's unbelievable. I love it. Every time I get the notification, games have started. I know it's I'm so, a, it's so yeah, exciting. I, I'm getting a I'm getting a couple bets in right away. It also reminds me that oh the games are about to start, and I'm not going to yeah. come in a quarter late like I usually do. Exactly. Um, and so I, I love it. And uh, Terry, hopefully, like now that that you know restrictions have eased, you and I can actually catch a game together and Definitely. be able to, to to bet on these games together because it's really fun. Uh, so happy to have Hot Streak on board. Do you know when they get into MLB if I can place a bet every three minutes if Trevin Bauer is going to be playing? Uh, no, again, a, we don't think he'll be playing. I highly yeah, doubt he'll be playing. Point. So if he's on the it, app, just hit I the under. I can play the odds. Hit the under every Even time. Even if Trevor Bauer is going gonna, is gonna to throw another pitch in the MLB, it will definitely not be this season. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll get to Carlin. And we're back. And recording in order, I am Pease Del Riz. Uh, as you heard at the top of the show, and joining me, of course, is Terry, who is also there at the top of the show. But joining <laughs> us now is Carlin Gay. Carlin, uh, he works with the NBA.com, as well as uh, he's a play-by-play commentator for FIBA um, and a voice on NBA Sound System. How's it going, Carlin? Can't complain, guys. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on once again. Um, I hope that you guys can hear me loud and clear because my, my voice is still uh, kind of shaky from a, a solid week and a half of, of good basketball that I was uh, blessed enough to be able to call. That's the thing with having a voice as good as yours, Carlin. Like, 
even if it's like, you know, it's 70%, it's still better than minor terrors. <laughs> so it's still good. It's all good. Um, I want to ask, actually, now that we have you on, uh, we tend to bring you on during basketball season, obviously, because or in, in basketball playoffs, because obviously that's your, uh, that's your strength. Um, and I want to get to some specific issues as well. It's, you know, that, that's more topical, but specifically relating to the NBA finals, we see uh, Giannis sort of limping into the finals. We see the injuries that Devin Booker, uh, Chris Paul, you know, we, we talked about in previous shows whether or not sort of that last COVID incident was affecting any of his cardio. A lot of talk's been made about guys missing during these NBA finals. How much do you think the scheduling has had to play with regards to now what we have with the, the Bucks versus Suns uh, final? Uh, I think it has a lot to do with it. But, um, you know, the alternative would have been that we, we would never get back on track, you know, to, to the regular NBA calendar. So there wasn't much that could have been done uh, differently. You know, when you when you think about, you know, obviously this is affecting the players and ultimately the fan experience. The fan experience meaning, you know, their top players like, you know, Kyrie Irving, actually outside of him, maybe James Harden, um, you know, with the injury that, that he suffered, that's probably more load management related. Um, you know, the Kawhi injury is kind of a freak accident. So I don't know if you can really blame that on, the, you know, the amount of games that he played. Same with the Kyrie injury. That can happen in a regular year where he just lands on someone's foot and you know, rolls his ankle. I think everybody that's ever played basketball, even in a picket game, has had that injury happen to them. You know, yeah. you step on someone's foot, you roll their ankle. So I think those are freak accidents. Um, the COVID stuff, we still really don't know how it affected different guys at different times. They're have been a ton of players very open about how that has happened and how that's affected them. You know, Jason Tatum being one of them that comes off the top of my head. I'm sure Chris Paul has had, had some effect, you know, because when he came back off of that injury, he just didn't look the same, um, you know, especially, uh, you know, in that first game back against the Clippers. So who knows what the long-term effects is of this, this virus and, and, and the guys that, uh, and, and that have had to deal with it. But I think when you look at, you know, the, the the other option, the ultimate option would have been to push the season to start back even further. I don't think you would have been able to do that. You had to play at least 72 games. I think that was a sweet spot to be able to, you know, for everybody to get their paycheck at the end of the day. I think, uh, you know, the players probably are happy that they're getting paid and not another reduced salary or potential reduced salary in the second back-to-back year. So the players can complain, but if they wanted their full pay, this was the option to go with. And, you know, unfortunately uh, we saw injuries. And honestly, when you go back years and years and years, injuries always play a factor in the playoffs. They they just do. Um, You know, you can look at the year that the Raptors won, Kevin Durant and, uh, you know, um, Clay Thompson go down in that series. Um, You know, you can even look at uh, years before that Chris Paul gets hurt, um, you know, in, in, uh, in a game five that the Houston Rockets win and then they lose two games in a row without him uh, in the lineup and, and losing a best of seven to the Golden State Warriors. So the injuries always happen every single year. And, and, and unfortunately, it happens to key guys. And it really does change the course of the NBA history. So, um, you know, we just hope that now that we're, we have these two teams in the finals, the Bucks and, and the Suns, two teams that honestly, I think many people should have probably had, uh, you know, at least penciled in to be in the finals anyway. And, uh, you know, here we go. We, 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 uh, we hope that no one else gets hurt and no one else contracts the virus. 
So, I mean, playoffs, I mean, we're talking about playoffs, injuries in any sport, you'll always have, there's always something that happens, right? I mean, talk about football and hockey, just like we could talk about hockey too, the playoffs that are happening right now. I mean, some of the Tampa Bay Lightning are banged up too. It happens. It's part of the game. It's a long season. You know, it's part of the game. My thing is, is that I was so hoping to see a Hawks and Suns final, even though I had, like you said, Carlin, I had penciled in bucks to the finals at the beginning of the season. I was like, you know what? And then when they got James Harden, I was like, okay, maybe not. And then as you saw, the Nets didn't really kind of gel. I'm like, you know, Bucks are going to be in there. I, I really felt that they were going to do it. But I really wanted to see the young guys go out. I really wanted to see Booker versus Young. I think that would have been like probably the most televised uh, final we could see in a long time. Uh, that doesn't include LeBron James, obviously. Yeah, and I think the minute LeBron James gets knocked out of the playoffs, you kind of lose a little bit of the casual audience because win or lose, casual audience wants to see LeBron James. You know? um, Kevin Durant's probably that second-tier guy. Kyrie Irving is a guy that obviously has a lot of interest. So I think the Nets would have probably been that second team outside of the Lakers. Once you lose them, it's, it's really now up to, you know, to, to entertain the basketball junkies, uh, the, the, the people that are going to tune into the NBA Finals no matter what. I would have loved to see the Atlanta Hawks get there. However, I do think that it is a little bit premature for them to, to take that step at this time. It, I mean, it, they're going to be there, you know, at some point. Um, I think what they did this summer or this, this playoff run, it, it really kind of showed that the Hawks had a plan in place. Because when they, when they drafted Trey Young, or when they rather, when they drafted Luka Doncic and traded for Trey Young uh, on, on, that, on that draft day deal, it it really was one of those moments where you say to yourself, what are you doing? You're trading away a future Hall of Famer if you're the Atlanta Hawks. But now, after seeing Trey Young play, you know, his first playoff run in, on the big stage, play the way he, he did. He, he beat the Knicks, and I think he should give him credit for that because the Knicks, Knicks were a really good team this year. Um, you know, they finished fourth in the Eastern Conference. They're really good defensively. Uh, and Trey and the Hawks made quick work of them. But beating the Sixers really solidified it for a lot of people, not just the, the Hawks, you know, on this on this run. But I think Trey Young as an All Star, as a star in this league, uh, because that's a, that's two defensive teams that he beat in, in terms of New York and Philadelphia that have really good guards that are able to defend. Two coaches that could figure you out defensively. Um, you know, Ben Simmons is a perennial you know Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You have Joel Embiid on the back line, and Matisse Tybel is another guy who's probably going to make all NBA or all defensive team, yeah. uh, you know, a couple more times in his career. So, for Trey Young to eliminate both those teams to show you that you know he's not just a one-trick pony offensively and he's tough to guard, tough to go against, I think he opened a lot of people's eyes and really made that debate about the trade for Luca uh, a real live one. Now, Luca's still going to make the Hall of Fame. Luca's still going to be a Hall of Famer in my my, my eyes. Um, Luke is a terrific player, and now the pressure's on Dallas Mavericks to try and build a team around Luka the same way the Hawks did. I don't think the Hawks are going anywhere, guys. The Eastern Conference for years have been, you know, the Eastern Conference. I don't think it's going to be that for the next two or three years. I, I think it's improving as well, but my question is, how much of the doubt towards Trey Young has to do with his hairline? <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask Knicks fans that. You got to ask yeah. Knicks fans that. Because that was but, my but feeling. The, you know, I was like, no, that guy can't. That guy can't be on the cover of 2K ever. Nah, no, right? way. no uh, way. But now he, he will be at some point because if he keeps playing this way, oh he my will. god, um, he's been awesome. Um, Carlin, I wanted to ask this last time, and we kind of ran out of time, and I wanted to get your opinion on it because it's something that's been talked about at length constantly, and I'm never really satisfied by a lot of the voices who who put their names on the discussion. 
And we know the terrific work that LeBron James has done for uh, his own community, uh, be it the black community, whether it be, you know, in Ohio uh, and all that. And of course, prior to the pandemic, prior to uh, what we saw last summer, there was a lot of scrutiny with regards to the NBA's involvement in China and LeBron's involvement with uh, Nike in China and so on. So my question is, what are your thoughts regarding, because I've always seen it as I don't diminish someone else's contributions because they don't contribute to everything, but I do think it does make it more complicated. Uh, so what are your thoughts about his role and the role of professional athletes to take on uh, causes of humanity in general, rather than just being specific to a community? I, uh, you know what? I, I, from my perspective, and this is me, Carlin Gage speaking uh, as a person, I, I think I, I like anyone, not just athletes, anyone with a platform, uh, anyone with a large following, uh, whether it be big or small, um, you know, I could, I could take away the word large, anyone with a following that has the ability to not only um, advocate, but educate. I think education is the biggest key for, um, you know, when athletes are making uh, a stand or taking a stand towards a certain thing, because it, it, it's, not a, it's not a matter of having, um, you know, people sort of just blindly follow you. I think when you, when you offer the opportunity to educate or at least shine a light on things that may not always get the light shined on, um, it allows you to, you know, for your following to be able to look into that and then come with their own conclusions and maybe even figure out a way themselves that they can help or, uh, you know, promote or within their own circles. Um, and I think that's more important to me than an athlete going out there and, you know, you know, shouting out a, a simple cause just for the, for, for the heck of it, you know, uh, just because it, it, it's a cool thing to do. I, I would rather see more, um, not just athletes, but, you know, prominent people be able to offer up uh, modes of education. So it's one thing to shout out the cause, but okay, attach now something for someone to read about it so that they can go in and then, because you know, it's easy to say, donate money. Not everybody has the means to donate. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's easy to say, you know, volunteer your time. Not everybody can, you know, afford to do that either. So how how are those other people that are willing to help, able to help? And then also on the other side of that, it's how is, um, you know, those who are kind of, I don't want to say on the fence, but for lack of a better term, on the fence about, you know, supporting a cause, how do they then cross the line and become fully supportive if it's something that, you know, they can deem, um, you know, that is worth their support. And uh, that goes across the board for anything, really. Now, not just any just social cause, it could be political or whatever the case may be, but I think it, it all comes down to education because you're not, you're not going to be able to fully fight the fight the way you want it to be fought if everyone isn't as educated as you are on a certain subject or at least you're providing that education on a certain subject so that's where i sit on it um that and i guess that's not just for athletes or celebrities i think it's for anyone with a platform because you you know you and i uh, i was actually just in victoria and uh you know team canada was uh was wearing the uh, orange patch uh in support of the indigenous people Obviously, uh, you know, Canada was rough for a lot of people uh, in the country that, uh, you know, look at Canada as uh, they hear the name Canada and it's not, you know, it doesn't bring the joy that it does bring others. And, you know, for me, being in that situation, I'm proud Canadian, as you guys know. And, um, you know, that was my first Canada Day back in the country in probably about eight years. And I was I was kind of torn about it, um, you know, in, in the way that I should celebrate, in the way that I should uh, you know, go out there and be proud. And, and I think you can do both. I think you could be proud, uh, you know, of the country, but also want the country to have 
you know, uh, you know, be better. Um, you know, you can't deny the country's history. It is there. It is what it is. But also, I, I think I needed myself, um, speaking on my own behalf, is, is I needed to be a little bit more educated than what some of that history was. And I'm glad that that was brought up at that time because it allowed me to pay more attention to um, some of the things that, you know, we tend to put in the shadows uh, of our country. So, um, and, and that's just one example. There's many other examples, I'm sure, where, you know, we can do better as a whole, a group of people, uh, in just educating ourselves. And I think that's where I think athletes, um, you know, with a large platform uh, or even celebrities with a large platform can help uh, a lot of people is kind of pointing them in the direction where they can find some information, get educated and encourage them to remain educated. So that at least that trickle down effect helps the next generation uh, and so on and so forth. Honestly, you, you, you couldn't have said it better, man. Like it was, it, the thing so is, more is like, eloquent we, than we are. Isn't yeah. <laughs> we would have said, listen, man, if you want to support it, support it. But if you don't, then you don't have to, you know, but just, you know, make sure you're aware. What is this? Something dumb Do like that. Do Made a dick joke somewhere along the lines. Um, <laughs> but realistically, is like the thing about LeBron, like you mentioned LeBron James piece, but the thing about LeBron James is that he, he's done so much humanitarian work and it kind of, and then we talk about this, uh, what happens in China and all that stuff, and it kind of takes away from him. We want, we believe that LeBron James is is the person that fights for people's rights and things like that. So we want him to do those things, but it's also not his responsibility. It's everybody's responsibility to be informed about anything. If you want to talk about the Israel-Palestine conflict, you want to talk about what happened, uh, the indigenous community here in Canada, you want to talk about anything, anything, BLM, whatever it is, you have to be informed. You can't just share a tweet and hope that that's going to change everybody's life. You know what I mean? So what you said, it was well said, uh, Carlin, and we appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. It's all uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's all about education. There's no one, no one out there. I, I regardless of who you are, uh, you know, it, you're not doing anybody any favors by going out there and ignorantly saying something um, without having all the you know facts in, in your disposal. Um, because that's a real way to help. Uh, you know, all the causes that we have going on in the world. And by the way, you don't have to just fight for one. You know, we we can we have the bandwidth as human beings. I think hopefully uh, we all have a, a big enough heart and enough empathy to be able to you know deliver. Um, enough love to, to, to the people that do need it. Um, but again, it all, all it comes down to for me is education. You provide people with enough education. I think they'll make the right decision. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, being, being informed is, is honestly, it's the most important thing. And if you don't know the answer, don't spit out what you heard or the headline that you read that morning. You know what I mean? It, it goes a long way. Unfortunately, uh, Carl, I know you do have to go. Um, we will get you hopefully around the finals or after the finals uh, to do a quick wrap-up of the uh, the NBA season. But I do want to thank you for your time. But before we go, uh, I know you're going to be doing some work for Team Canada at the Olympics. Do you want to tell the good people what you'll be doing? Yeah, well, we'll have uh, – unfortunately, the men won't be there. Uh, yeah. The men uh, failed, to, failed to qualify at the Olympic Games. Uh, in a thriller, I was uh, blessed enough to be able to call that game by Tomas Shadaransky, you know, with the, with the dagger uh, jump shot over Lugan Dort. Uh, broke a lot of hearts, and I couldn't do it on the broadcast, but I could say it here to you guys because I'm very biased and very, very Canadian. That uh, that broke my heart too. Um, but I, I love the Czech Republic. I've, I've been lucky enough to be around that team, uh, you know, the last four years right now. Uh, so at the World Cup, and then again here in Victoria this past weekend. Um, Great guys. I flew home with Thomas Shadaransky, actually. Um, you know, half of my flight home back to Charlotte was with him. He, he, he went to Chicago uh, as well. So we spent uh, a good amount of time talking. Great guy. Uh, and I wish them all the best. On the flip side, you know, um, it, it's, it's heartbreaking for Canada's men. 
but I think we start. We need to start putting the spotlight basketball-wise as a nation on the, the Canadian women. Uh, this is a women's team that is, you know, star-studded. Plenty of stars on the team. Um, you know, they have, uh, you know, the third Olympics now they've qualified to. The last two, I think it was sort of like a happy-to-be-there kind of vibe. This time, these ladies are going to medal. Um, that's what they want to do. I think if they don't stand on the podium uh, in Tokyo, it would be a failure. Um, that's the type of pressure and the type of talent that I think had they have on this team. Lisa Tomitis is a terrific coach. Uh, Carly Clark is, a, is an, assist, an assistant coach with her as well. I think they'll be able to get this team ready to go. You have Kia Nurse, Natalie Ochanwa. Hopefully she comes back from injury. Uh, Leticia Amayir, a youngster um, on this team. There is enough young and old and enough talent for Canada to be able to pull home a medal. And guys, honestly, if that happened, it would be one of the biggest moments in Canadian basketball history. And I think we would need to pay more attention to it. And we have to pay more attention to it from now uh, because it, it has a real shot of happening. Don't wait till it happens. Start paying get on, attention. Get on the bandwagon now. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Thank you, Carlin, for your time. Quick one-word answer. I know, I know, we can talk all night. So, one-word one answer. Who's winning the finals? Uh, NBA Finals. I'm going the Suns and six. I'm going Suns and six. Giannis is hurt. And by the way, the Hazards aren't dead yet. Let's nope. go. <laughs> Let's, Let's hope go. not. Let's hope not. Thanks, Carlin, for joining. <laughs> you can follow him, and I highly suggest it if you want to learn more about sports and about basketball. Follow at the Carlin Gay. Um, thank you, Carlin, for joining. And we're back. Actually, I don't need to do that anymore. You can literally see when I click the button. I, I looked over at you, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I went. I defaulted back to the uh, the audio cues, but uh, Eagle. Uh, sorry, the visual cues, but Eagle wasn't on board with me. Man, Carlin's awesome. I love talking to that dude about hoops. I wish I wish you had more time with Carlin. I wanted to ask him about the Sixers. I really wanted to get yeah. into Ben Simmons, and we'll ah, it's like too bad, man. Because... We'll do a postseason wrap up. I actually yeah. had an idea to give ourselves a, a vacation, maybe like pre-recording, like two or three like long form interviews that will replace the shows before we launch into season three. Oh, that's, that's awesome work. So that's maybe we'll get really in, like full 45 minutes and get someone else another 45 minutes, do that for like three weeks. So recharge your batteries, change our graphics and all that. And uh, yeah, because the off season is going to come now. It's going to be no hockey, no basketball, and it's just going to be baseball going. The year is going to be ended uh, football. I mean, all of August, we can probably record a few interviews. Yeah. In, yeah. We'll, we'll figure out August. when uh, we'll keep, We'll keep all of you posted uh, as well. Yep. Uh, we'll let you guys know what we're doing ahead of time. So uh, if you want to check out those interviews, I think they'll be awesome. And they'll give us a chance sort of to, to rework the shows as well. Um, but yeah, so that said, we have a lot to get to. It's been a busy week of sports because this is one of the busiest times of sports. Eagle, it's time for Rapid Fire. Number one, Thunderbolts and Lightning. Uh, we're recording this after game four of the Stanley Cup Finals. Montreal has uh, narrowly <laughs> avoided a sweep by getting a win. But apparently, according to the rumors floating around, this is all because of the Tampa Bay mayor making a statement saying that Tampa should lose on purpose. Here's what we would like. What we would like is for the Lightning to take it a little bit easy to give the Canadians just the smallest break, allow them to win one at home, and then bring it back to I the family like arena for the final and the winning of the Stanley Cup. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but they are playing some amazing, amazing hockey. Here's what we... I like it. I like it. I, I actually like this. Like, I was going to be like, fuck, 
fucking bitch. You know what I mean? Like she's talking <laughs> shit. But like at the end of the day, if like if Valerie Plon, who I can't stand, if she said, you know what, let's give the lightning a break one night. We want the parade in Montreal. I would have been like, ah, you know, that's cool. That's like ballsy. It shows ballsy. Yeah, you, you, you get know, a couple points back uh, in Mayor Plon. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. When, I, when, I, when I saw it, so like I heard it. I heard the quote before I saw it. So then I got the video clip for for uh, the show today. And I saw it when Mayor Jane Castor looks like. And I was like, she definitely 100% looks like the person in your condo building who makes the condo meeting three hours longer than it needs to be. I'm trying to, She's she the one bringing like- up all the issues. She's the one like... That's how she got to be mayor, I imagine. She started as condo president and then ended up mayor. If only she, she didn't live in Tampa and lived in another area of Florida where a condo board would have been very useful at this time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that. I don't get it. There's a fucking condo that collapsed in Florida, Terry. Yeah, I, know. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it was, where have you been? It's terrifying. If Here. You haven't, if you haven't seen the footage, it's actually pretty terrifying. Half of the building collapsed in, uh, uh, I forget what it's. Uh, Anybody dead? Yeah. yeah, like yeah, Hundreds. like a whole bunch of people. Like, I, they, There's like 125 people missing. Air quotes. But you like if you're missing for more than like 24 hours, it's pretty much yeah. presumed dead. No, she reminds me of. Some, I'm trying to figure out which like actress she reminds me of with that hair. Jamie Lee it's Curtis. Like, no, no, it's Susan bothering. Sarandon. Jane Lynch. No, a little bit of Jamie Lee Curtis and Jane Lynch in there, but no, there's a specific one that she looks exactly like. I'm trying to figure it out. Anyway, next. All right, let's go next. Welcome to Earth. Uh, July 4th, Independence Day, uh, British Treason Day, whatever you want to call it. It came and gone. Uh, you know what that means? A food eating contest. You know what that means? Joey Chestnut wins. You know what that means? He sets a brand new record. The boy king who has risen to the throne and who will not step down. Look on his works, ye mighty and despair. For he has surpassed the kings of Egypt. With 76 Nathan's hot dogs and bottles. A new world record. So, has he won every year since Kobayashi? He, he lost one year. To Kobayashi? No, I don't remember. Uh, even if you can find out uh, as I'm buying your time. He lost one year, um, and he I had heard an interview with him somewhere on Twitter. Um, it was like a clip from, I don't know. I remember, I don't know who was interviewing, but he was saying how he had come in overweight. Um, and cause like training is really important for them because the breathing and yeah. like, you need to be able to be your normal weight to eat as much because if you're coming in heavier, maybe like that affects how well, how there's well more stress, more stress on your heart. Yeah. You're more oxygen, less more oxygen pumps to your heart instead of your your lungs, I guess. And you're not able to breathe properly, so you're taking longer to chuff it down. Like, have you ever been like so like hungover or stoned, where you're eating too fast and you're out of breath? So maybe it has come something to do with that. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, I'm having hot dogs tonight. So. Oh, nice, nice. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, the last time he lost was 2015, where he lost to Matt Stoney. He ate 60 Stoney, at that yes. time, and Stoney ate 62. Stoney's a great name these. for a guy who's in the oh, eating contest, right? <laughs> definitely. I wonder how many we can do. I, I can't do more than like four. I would die. Really? I think I, I could do I like, the way, so like again, the way they eat them, I could probably do like 12, I think. The thing is, like, like again, it, it's hard to believe, but I actually don't eat that much. You wouldn't guess that by looking at me, but I'm telling you, I can't eat that much. Yeah, They're and quality, he actually lost to Kobayashi yeah. in hamburgers, but yeah. not uh, hot dogs. Okay, that makes sense. That makes um, sense. And that was in 2009. How, how quickly does he throw up? Because they all throw up after. It's impossible. Well, so to he's, you need to 
like from until the podium basically you can't throw up like if you throw yeah, up, yeah, yeah i get that but like like how is he throwing everything up like what percentage of hot dogs is he know. getting and is, I, is he like uh, uh, getting I, I in there? Say, having seen the clip at the end there's not another sport where where you're done you look so bloated and gross <laughs> like he looked ready to just you know i'm gonna go throw yeah, up yeah. And fall asleep for six days like uh, he deserves that, that it looked like physical exertion that we've never seen in pro sports he deserves it how do you get into this you just eat a well, Terry, bunch of fucking food. I think you're the guy. <laughs> like, if we had to I promote guess. one of our guys to, to try the competition, you'd be the guy. I wonder which poutine I ate in July, on July 6th of 2010 when I did my challenge. Hey, we share an anniversary, Terry. You and I. I would never forget that day. <laughs> I wonder which one I ate. There's a way to find out, I think. Yeah. I'll find it. Yeah. We're going to have to change the order of these because, Pete, you put the same link twice. So we're going to do a Castellanos clutch. Months after Nick Castellanos as homered during Tom Brenneman's apology for incident-sensitive comments, Castellanos struck again with this call during a eulogy for a home run. Well, we're going to tell you about a great man, and it's a loss for the Royals family. This is George Gorman, who passed away at the age of 96. He served our country in World War II. He went to the University of Kansas, and so did his son, Pat Gorman, who's been working for the Royals in the clubhouse for 26 years. Wow. And that was Pat's father. Well, that's a great life, 96 years. And Pat, just like his dad, went to KU. He also went to Bishop Ward High School. There's a drive into deep left center field, and there's never a great time to eulogize someone during the broadcast so we apologize for the timing but our hearts go out to Pat who's just been a tremendous loyal employee to the Royals for 26 years and his wife Katie as she lost her father-in-law and daughters Abby and Caroline who lost their grandfather but they had him for 96 years wow. sorry for your loss This is so weird. It's so awkward. It's high like, fives after sorry for your loss. Well, Nicholas yeah. Castellanos was 0 for 2 with two strikeouts against Mike Minor curveballs so, his first time up. So I'm looking and at that slider didn't quite slide enough. So I'm looking at um, and he was ready. For I looked it. for I looked for that group of the Facebook group there with uh, where I was posting all the potentials to see when maybe July 6th I posted something. But one message I saw and this is old people in, in social media. Okay, my mom. My mom on September 13th. I started this in January. Hey, Terry, thanks for inviting me in your group. Have you been to the restaurant in Old Montreal? I don't remember the name, but it's across Galliano's. The poutines there are delicious. I really can't believe I'm encouraging you. In 2011, you should try healthy food. I, <laughs> then my aunt, my aunt right below. Dear Terry, please check your arteries after you have done eating all those poutines. I like that they all start with Dear Terry. <laughs> yeah. I had to explain to my mom uh, when she started using Facebook that she shouldn't respond to every conspiracy theory on the internet. Like, the older you get, the more you respond to things on Facebook, I think. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. Um, so yeah, seeing that, like, I think at this point, you need to blame the producers. Like, when you see Nick Castellanos come up, wait a batter. Wait a batter and then start talking about whatever important point you need to make. It's twice. And I saw this on Twitter, Terry. Apparently, I don't know if this is true or not. I didn't independently vet it. But apparently he hit his first home run 
after uh, America had caught Saddam Hussein, <laughs> like it was while that was being announced, he hit a home run as well. So like That's the dude awesome. just that is there a more clutch hitter than the guy who always hits while the broadcaster is trying to say something important? It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, again, the visual, the high fives at the end. <laughs> That's the hardest part. Sorry for your loss. Hey. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Right. I think I got the clip. I think I got the clip. I think we're good for the next one. All Perfect. Right. So let's get into the next one here. Uh, in his corner, with time elapsing, LeBron James was on site to cheer on his son, Bronny, during that game. And we get to watch that clip because, of course, it was filmed. Good shot. Get off and get a bucket. Not a bad shot. It reminded me of, of uh, Kawhi's last shot against uh, Philadelphia to make it to the finals, except yeah. like Kawhi made the shot. Um, yeah. There's moments you think, like this. You think Bronny's going to be in the NBA? I think so. I think the reason LeBron's not retiring is he wants to play with or against the Suns. Like that's the thing he, he has. There's no way. There's no way LeBron James plays against his son. There's no way. You think he forces the general manager to, to draft or trade for him, or yeah, he trade, or he leaves and goes to wherever Bronny gets drafted? Yeah, maybe I can see that. I can see that. Um, I I saw that clip and we talked about LeBron's complicated legacy with Carlin Gage in the interview. But I will say there are moments like that where I just remember where I'm just reminded. Oh, this is a guy who just loves his son and loves his family, yeah. right? Like he's a good, he's when, a good when he father. the shot, you can see he's disappointed for somebody. He's not upset. He's just sort of like smiling and having a good time because the important thing is this is time he gets to spend with his family and, and, and specifically sharing the love of basketball with his son. So it's it's a really really touching moment every time I see it. Uh, okay, next one. I gotta <laughs> jump a little bit ahead in this one. Uh, Jimmy Buckets. Um, so everyone, because you didn't put the clip in, I gotta go find the clip. There's no clip through the five. Yes, there is. Oh, there is a clip. Okay, sorry. Yeah, oh, wait, I got it. I got it. I got it. You got it because because the last one's our ending topic. It's the funny <laughs> one. That's why I was like, I can't switch the order. You can't the switch the order. Okay, the so, show doesn't make sense if you switch your eagle. He's like Ron so Brigham. We keep talking about every week uh, that Tom Brady keeps getting He's more an NBA more interesting, essentially, as he gets older. And he did it again with this burn on Aaron Rodgers. This segment is going to be called Busting Rods. Hey, he's an NBA owner, a self-taught guitarist, and has guest starred in both The Office and Game of Thrones. Mm. He's unhappy with his boss and has no options. Who is Aaron Rodgers? Ding, ding. That is correct. Well done. That's a projection, Tom. I never said I'm unhappy with my boss. <laughs> <laughs> I said it, not you. <laughs> hey, he's an NBA. Damn you, Tom. Damn Why? You, Tom. I don't understand the, the part of the he's an NBA owner and all that shit. He owns part of the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, he does? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't even know he was in Game of Thrones. He was in Game of Thrones. Yeah, oh, he yeah. was an extra during the Red Red Wedding, I think, right? I don't know. I just saw he was running on, and I saw it on Twitter. I didn't see even. I know Brent Brent Burns was in. I know that uh, that singer was in there. The redhead. Um, the, the British. Singer, the redhead. The, the, the British Ed redhead singer. Ed Sheeran. Oh, I was going Avril Lavigne. <laughs> what? But then you guys had to go make it all complicated. 
Why you got to so complicated? Yeah, Skater boy. Yeah. The, the thing, like, so, again, I see this, and I love this version of Tom Brady. And I hate that I love it, because I've spent most of my time as a Dolphins fan hating Tom Brady, and yet he just realized, how did he get to, like, 40 years of life before he realized, oh, I can, I can just have fun. I can just have a good time all the time. Do you think it's because he's like, I've, I've cemented my legacy? Or is it because he's out of the crutch of Bill Belichick's boring lifestyle? I think he just, he thought that that was the way to comport yourself as a superstar. Okay. And then okay. now with Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians is more about sort of player empowerment. And like yeah, he's more colorful. And so, and he himself, right? He's, he sets the example for the team. And he's a guy who's not afraid to you know, say stuff to the press and so on. And he's just realizing, oh, well, you know, Bill's way work, but this way can also work. And, and, and I love seeing it. I, I think it's great. And our last topic, Jimmy's buckets. Um, no bathroom in sight. Stomach starts to grumble. Maybe you're a little homeless, and you do this. This guy's doing bad. What's this guy doing? What are you doing? Hey! Hey, shit in the bucket! He's shit in your bucket, man! Ma! Call the police! Call the cops! Hey, break it up, asshole! Don't do it again. Ma! Oh, God. He's shitting in the fucking ma! Call the fucking cops! He's shitting in the man! Fucking <laughs> That ma. face the guy made when he, like, sat down for the second time, I re- I can relate to that face. Revolve I can relate. Yeah, there. just like... Uh, I, like uh, have I, you I ever gotten, like, an energy boost after taking a huge dump? Every time. It's weird, huh? Every time. I'm, I'm a new man. Yeah. I feel like 86 pounds lighter... Uh, I'm good to go. I'm good. Best to go. is when you that. sit down. Best is when you sit down. You fart and just like everything comes so, out. That's the best. Where Where's the most inappropriate place you've taken a shit? Oh, uh, when I was younger, my grandmother used to live like right next to a park, and but you had to jump the fence to get to the park, or else you had to walk all the way around the block. So I really had to shit like really bad, and I I was a kid like I never liked I, like I was potty trained pretty quick, you know. So I just went in the corner, I wiped my ass, and I wiped my ass with a leak. Way to brag about being popular. Yeah, hum, hum, humble brag. Humble <laughs> brag. So, so, so wait, so you're in the park, you gotta take a shit? I went to the corner and I wet my ass with a huge leaf. Alright, I got I got two. I got two. Um I was I was going out. Uh I, I think I told this story in one of the interviews, but you weren't actually on that interview, Terry. That's when I did with Ben Cardilli. Um, where essentially I was going out with this girl, we're both on the metro, going, you know, going out to some restaurant or some bar or whatever. And um, my stomach's starting to grumble because, you know, I'm probably nervous and it's the first time I go out with this girl. Um, you know, probably hung over from the night before because I'm in my early 20s. Feel like sort of a grumble in my stomach. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cut this one. It's going to be silent. Metro's loud anyway. Oh, shit. I, uh, it all slipped. And so then what happens is I kind of like, you know, go all, all pale, all white. And this girl's looking at me like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the doors open behind me. And then right before the doors close, I just sort of step off the metro and let the doors close in front of me. And I never heard from her again. This is pre-social media. So she couldn't track me down. Thank God. Um, I that's, un- that's, that's an unbelievable. I'm clipping this and I will be posting That's yes. fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. Another thing that happens to a friend of mine, we're, we're playing basketball in Montreal North. And like he, he had a rough summer. He had this terrible, he had like shaved his head and he got this terrible sunburn on the top of his head. He didn't know that when you shave your head, you need to put, uh, you know, sunscreen on your bald head. 
and he got this insane, insane uh, sunburn where it caused him to like his head blister. to puff up and blister. Like it was just a ball of pus. It was, it was, it was terrifying. And he all summer long had to wear like a like a hat, like a toque to to cover up to cover up the the grossness. And so we're playing basketball a week later after you know having this happen to him. And all of a sudden, stomach starts grumbling. He runs over just to the side of the court and takes a giant shit in the grass. And like we're close enough to his house, we're um, like, so we're just gonna go to your place today, yeah. And so like he went home and showered because <laughs> it was gross. Uh, so I've I've uh, I've it's only happened to me one time where I shat my pants in my car. I just wiped my ass with my underwear and I threw it out. Yeah, natural. Yeah, you gotta do. That's what you gotta do. That's what and happened to me that time too. And then of shower, the entire that's probably time my time. weirdest place. I've shat in a shower when I was a child because I'm like, well, I'm in the bathroom and I gotta go and I'm taking a shower. Two for one. Yeah, oh, I've done that. Oh, I've done that plenty of times. You're both the world's best contraceptives. Like that's a reason not to have children. Exactly. Imagine having to clean that. Wasn't me. <laughs> and that's our show Blame for this week, show. boys. Blame your brother. Yeah. What about the time where I wanted to play a prank on my brother and I pissed him in a shampoo bottle and my mom used it? Oh, that's pretty rough. Um, yeah, that's a good time too. Uh, my brother pranked himself. I once saw him shaving his face with my balls razor. That's amazing. Um, Gotta love that. Oh, I've, I've definitely used my brother's drain at school once. I've definitely urinals. I'm like the little thing in the middle. I'm like it goes to the same place, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I've done that too. Uh, I've definitely used my brother's. Why would you face, do that? Face razor on my uh, on my balls, definitely. Well, I'm just I mean, not really skin, caring. Right? Yeah, it's we not really caring, you know. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have not done so yet, please remember to subscribe, to follow us, to like, to comment, to rate, uh, all those things. We love it. Um, it's a way that we know that we're doing a good job. It's a way that we know that we're delivering content that you enjoy. Uh, so we're going to keep doing that as long as you uh, keep throwing all that our way. Uh, thank you uh, for joining us. Thank you, Terry, for everything you've done today. I want to throw a special thanks out to Carlin Gay as well as Ostrich Fantasy and Mike's Barbecue Rep for their patronage. Eagle, so nice to see you in person again. I know. Um, I'm happy to be back. I, I'm really looking forward to the summer. This is going to be a great summer podcast. Uh, that said, thank you all for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports.